Okay, welcome to episode 47 of the Never Iron Anything Comics Review Show, a weekly show where me and some pals examine a comic, a series, or a particular creator. Uh, two returning guests today, we've got the Master Wook himself, creator of City of Lost Souls, The Forest, The Chair, and Those Forsaken There, and many other comics is James McCulloch, along with creator of The United. Welcome to the show, coming to a Kickstarter near you soon. This is Johnny Cannon. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Good. How's it going? Yeah, well, we just had a 10-minute conversation. It was like everyone Aye, talking over each other. At least I tried to feign like it was just starting the conversation. Like, hey, how you doing? He's like, all right, how you yeah, doing? Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trick, you know? He's just been <laughs> shouting about how he can't remember something, and he went all calm there. That's quite impressive. A, a significant I, I change in personality. Yeah. It's really, really annoying me still. I'm just doing my boxing. What's yeah. his name? I think that means something else down south. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. how are you guys yeah. anyway? you both good, or what's going on? Or Oh, man, I'm good. Yeah, man, I'm just working away, studying hard, and trying to... Eventually, I may get my Kickstarter for Cellular Souls Trade up and running, I suppose. <laughs> it's just a hobby, let's face that. it. Yeah, we do it's, it when we fancy. You know, I don't, it's just, it's, it's like there's a lot of Kickstarters that are now going on, and uh, Johnny's just about to come out with his one. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't, I, I just, ha I don't have the energy to put a Kickstarter together. Does that sound really lazy? Because I know it's, a lot of people are really excited about the book, and they've been really wanting the book for quite some time, and, and I've even started working on issue seven now. Right. Um, and 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 stuff so like you know I, I sh and there's loads of comics i've got coming up so i really need to get kickstart out there i just i'm just so busy between uni work actual work and doing stuff with the band now that it's just i don't know if i've got the time to actually know, sit down it's and, weird and isn't it we're not going together. we're not really going out that much any anymore are we but the sort of time seems to be eating my my daily work day is turned turned into from eight to four till about six to seven now and i mean that in the worst possible way but yeah <laughs> yeah i know what you mean it's um it's also a weird time for it because I know of a lot of people who've got Kickstarters ready to go, about to go, and I kind of think maybe you've got to choose your time, haven't you, really? And then, Johnny, you're about Aye. to launch, aren't you? Hey, I Tuesday. No, I thought about this as well. I was, I was going to go a wee bit later. But no, don't put off. No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going. I'm definitely going on Tuesday, but the reason, the reason why I didn't, because I, I was thinking about um, Halloween, and when I was speaking to you, you were like, can I... Well, no, you didn't say, oh, no, you stood before then, but I just started thinking about trying to avoid the kind of ending spilling over into Christmas. And, yeah, yeah kinda, that's the thing. We're working out. That, when... and, then, and then Brexit in January. It's like God only knows going to happen. You've got to work, work the time right. back, haven't you? Almost sort of, well, it's going to take Aye. a week for the Kickstarter money to land. It's going to you know, it's all that sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, there's a bit of that going on. Good. Well, we're not here to talk about. Well, we will be talking about your comics in a bit, but first off, we're going to talk about a couple of comics that you've chosen, uh, Mr. Pete. What have you chosen for us to talk about today? You really confused me when you called with us because you called me Mr. C and Mr. P. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. C means something completely different. Call me Mr. Yeah. P. P. as well. I wish you'd stop doing that. It's so creepy. Um, <laughs> I so the the two issues I suggested were Captain America three hundred and twenty one. Um, and Captain America 322, and this is from the the long run by Mark Grunwald. Yeah. Um, and it's penciled by Paul Neary, and there's finishes in 321 by uh, John Beatty, who's probably best known for inking um, Mike Zek. He yep. does the issue 322 as well. He was part of the um, Secret Wars gang, isn't he? He's part of that little gang. Uh, um, I, inkers, yeah. Like, this is just. Something gone. Sorry, I was going to say, this was just after Secret Wars, wasn't it? In the time frame of comics. Ah, oh, okay, I hadn't worked that one out. I'd worked out a couple which I'm going to compare with you later, but yeah, oh, okay, that's where it came, it falls. That's good. Um, the other, other credits include um, letters by Diane Albers, um, colours by um, Ken 
fin how do you spell it? Fedinitwich? I don't know how you say it. Edited by Mike, Mike Carlin, the mighty Mike Carlin. Uh, the first story, 321, is called Ultimatum. Issue 322 is called The Chasm. Um, and <clears throat> interestingly enough, it's we get the return. I think it's the second or third appearance of Flag Smasher. Um, second, day. Second, we're going to get into that in a bit. And I think, um, if I, I'm not sort of preempting you here, Johnny, but I think it was chosen because this is a signifier for the beginning of the, what we thought at the time would be the end of Steve Rogers as Captain America. Is that right? That's that's one of the things about it. Um, I, what what I find really interesting about these two comics is it's very much a reaction to what was happening in um, politics in America at the time, but also what was happening in popular culture, okay. uh, in particular around um, the kind of I suppose really the normalisation of gun violence, um, TV, yeah. but also also films as well. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that's still timely. And also, this was published in 1986, which is arguably um, peak comics i yeah like the the absolute um i peak of, peak of comics because yeah. there's so much stuff coming out that i mean it's insane when you look at um, what's happening not just in terms of the quality of comics being produced but things like dark horse setting up as well yeah it's weird actually because obviously with this normally with this program I, I offer up to people you know what do you want to talk about and i think at least half of the subjects have come from a period from about 82 to 92 I think it's it's around that ten year period, and it's you're right. It is you know up until we get the Image Revolution, it's peak comics, isn't it? With all the the some of the best comics ever at that time. Definitely. I think it's also because a lot of the people you've got on the show as well, um, this is when they got into comics, and it's why they okay. got into comics as well. And I think that's very, you need like that's that's like it, it's during these times that, that that's what got us that because when you got any comics, it was like. You'd watched the Batman '66 TV show, yeah, and you'd seen like the old like Jack Kirby style cartoons of like the Incredible Hulk and the TV show The Incredible Hulk and you know the Submariner with the kitschy theme tune and that, and then yeah. suddenly 1986 hit and it was like, well, The Dark Knight Returns and Watchmen and all these crazy books, and you were like, oh my god, what's going on here? And it was sudden, it like, sorry, but we're going to talk about that later. But they also they also rebooted like Superman and Wonder Woman at that point as well, didn't they? So yeah. it was like just after Crisis on Infinite Earth, so it's like bloody yeah. hell you know it's, it was just a really exciting time and and it kind of sucked you in kind of like the image did in the 90s like even though a lot of the image books were substandard at best <laughs> um looking back now you know but at the time you were like oh my god they're so dark but but it's, it's, it's it was definitely a time that sucked up all the pop culture and all the and it was there was a lot of politics going on that i could talk about you know yeah i agree man and it was a time of four television channels and no internet and our eyes were you know, glued to the pages of these comics a lot of the time, I think. Yeah, because there was nothing else. Um, I mean, 1986 is the year I got into comics. Okay, cool. Right. So that was the year, it was like Blue, I think it was Blue Devil number one oh, and nice. like Blue yeah. Beetle and stuff like that. That's what got me into comic books. Yeah. So, you know, that, so it's a very special year for me too. Oh, nice you know? stuff. Good. Um, Mr. P, did you want to give us a little rundown of what happens in the, in the, just a sort of vague summary of what happens in the issues, and then we might dig into some of the players involved in making them and also a couple of storyline mm -hmm. pieces I wanted to ask about? Yeah, yeah, de def definitely. Um, what was quite interesting was um, when I suggested these comics, I hadn't read them in years and years, and it's really interesting yeah. to see what James was saying there um, about, you know, reading comics in that sweet spot. I think I think the common argument is is that the comics that influence you most are the comics you read when you were twelve. Yeah, there's a big um, psychological years. story uh, around that, isn't it? Because it's a transformative age of your life and things have an emotional effect on you that you don't really feel before or after yep. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
I was I was twelve when when I read these. Right. Um. So so maybe, maybe that's why. But I was quite surprised because when I read back through them, I was like, these these are these are great. Um. So I've read them a few times. Yeah. Um. And I mean, this, to me, the, is, the watchword for this is consistency for this run. That's the well, thing that I felt the most about absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Particularly with needies and uh, needies and the pencils. I mean, there was there was a number of pencils that worked with Grunewald because he yep. did over ten years in Captain America. I think he's I think he's the strongest one, and I think there's there's, there's reasons for that. When you actually get into um, his background, it's 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 not the usual comics background, particularly given that he came from England. Um, okay. it's, it's quite an unusual case. Had um, so I so these yeah. these these two issues. Um, it's not a part one, part two. Um, and it's like Tony said earlier on, it's it's following up from the first appearance of Flag Smasher. Um, I'd never read his origin issue. I um, think I, I, I mean, I've got almost a complete run of Captain America, so I must have, but I don't recall it, to be fair. Um, yeah, yeah. He's the son of a um, Swiss banker yeah. um, who becomes disillusioned with the concept of countries. Right. But these two issues really take up to the next level. And it's, I, I, I mean... I suspect we, we might disagree on this. I love these two issues. I, I think they're really, really good. I think they're totally solid. Yeah. But the way the way this the way the issues uh, open up is with um, some guys from Ultimatum, which is a new terrorist organisation, <laughs> yeah. yeah. introducing this, and they attack a plane and flying skis, which yes. is insane. But it's also awesome. It's got a great splash page, brilliant. Um, um, use a uh, first uh, uh, one point perspective on it, yeah. which I'm now obsessed. With. Um, it's just it's fantastic, really solid line work, and basically they um, take down this plane um, and, and take people hostage. Meanwhile, Captain America. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, here I we go. Tony's this is my favourite bit. Yeah. I know you're going to go into this because it's your favourite bit of your comic. <laughs> um, has dinner at the house of a um, young fan, and this actually reminded me of the John Byrne story that we've all heard before. This um, is so creepy. It is, it is so weird. Captain, Captain America basically um, inadvertently seduces a single mum. She's, bang, she's reads, bang up for it as well, I tell you now. She's up for it. Yeah. yeah. See, when you actually read Grunewald's running Captain America, Captain America comes across as kind of asexual almost. Okay. Um, yeah. Or, or, or kind of. A repressed homosexual. I mean, he just really, really does. It just and and do you know, and it's and it's and it's, it's quite interesting. You know, when all people were talking about you know the Marvel films and stuff and trying to ship Bucky and Captain America, I was like, it's totally there in the comics as well. Just right. Just do it. You know what I mean? It's it's. I mean, I I, I don't even think it's subtext. Sometimes I don't think it would. It was but there there is definitely. I don't. Know what you guys think there's definitely a sexual chemistry going on at the kitchen table there. Oh, oh definitely, yeah, yeah. So much, so, so much. So, for those that haven't read it or or have forgotten it, he turns up at this house with a a sort of um, American flag jacket for the kid who's helped him out. He's a sort of he's a sort of early version of a little hacker brigade of like early yes. warning system. These kids help him out with. It's all a bit weird, and um, he gives this kid a jacket that's made up like the American flag, um, yeah. just so he can get a kicking at school. If that was now, to be fair, see what I mean? <laughs> I see, you see all these videos online of kids wearing. I don't know pro Republican jackets, and they seem to get a kicking in the school corridors. <laughs> you know, so it's a bit weird. So he sort of he gives this jacket to this kid in a very sort of sl- well, in a slightly creepy way, and then his mum he takes his helm, he takes his his cowl off, and his mum thinks he's all right. Yeah, yeah. he takes cowls off. It's like all right, cat. That's a bit weird. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like. Fuck my secret identity. This is America and this is my town, you know. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. Well, what's, what's I'm going to cover your house. Well, 
I'm going to pump you because this is America. I'm going to fuck your mum, son. Yeah. <laughs> so it makes it what makes it really creepy is that sort of sitting eyeing, eyeing each other up over candlelight, um, and, and the fact that she's got a can. I mean, who? I mean, she's having a candlelight dinner with Captain America, like this romantic dinner, but her fucking son's there. Yeah. <laughs> it's so inappropriate. But like, We've she's like, there, oh god, you know, everyone always thinks he looks at Robert Redford, and I always think it'd be really funny, like, um, if he looked like a really old Robert Redford as he is now. Yeah. Um, but he rather creepily thinks by was it. By candlelight, she reminds me a lot of Bernie Rosenthal, my once upon a time fiance. It's just, just so creepy, Cap. Just how creepy? How creepy is this line, by the way? When they're sitting at the table and she's like, "Say, Hiram, why don't you go up to your room and finish your homework? I want to talk. To Cap- <laughs> I want to talk to the captain about a few dot 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 adult matters." You're like, "He's there to have dinner with him, not <laughs> yeah, you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just got this image of you know six hours later, Cap's trying to creep out the house. After, banged, after having banged his mum, and he falls down the stairs on some kid's toy that's on the stairs, you know, sort of. Uh, that's the end of Captain America. Could have all ended there. Yeah. That's, uh, it's, we've all been there. The story, the story is very, very familiar to a notorious story about I, uh, John Byrne, um, which I'm not going to tell again because I can tell it in another podcast we told. But it's yeah. <laughs> it's eerily similar. <laughs> but it's a very different ending. Well, lucky... <laughs> you would not get away with it in a comics called Authority, <laughs> um, sanctioned comic. Lucky for Holly, because she could have been, you know, yes. an Avenger by now. He disappears off, doesn't he? Because he gets called away. Um, yes. And Flag Smasher insisting that um, Cap comes and um, surrenders himself in quite a long speech. I'm going to say. Yeah. It, it is, it is long, quite yeah. a long monologue, uh, but but what what I love next is there's an extended scene scene of them um, basically trying to find these these hostages, and there's a kind of nice espionage feel to it, and and, yeah. and it's um, in the I don't know if it's in the Swiss Alps, but but he flies through and like this. I think the artwork's fantastic. Yeah. But I wouldn't use a negative space. Um, he dresses up as an ultimatum soldier to try and um, find them. Yeah. Um, after flying in some flying skis as well in an old monastery. So it's got a nice kind of James Bond feel of them sneaking in. And then at the end of issue 321, uh, one of the ultimatum um, agents opens fire with a machine gun into the uh, yeah. crowd of hostages. And Captain America, there's nothing else he can do. And he's carrying an Uzi as a prop. Yeah. So he shoots um, the agent and, it, and immediately, you know, he kind of reacts to saying, good Lord, what have I done? And everyone's at like, Captain America saved us. No one really blinks. There's a doctor there. Again, he doesn't really blink. But um, Captain America's checking in the people who've been injured and shot and yeah. um, a couple of people who are dead. And then at the end of the issue, um, people say to him, what are you bringing the body of that murderer aboard? Talking about the ultimatum agent. And Captain America says, yes. And when you're all safe, I intend to avenge him. Um, and my honour. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of issue. So that's the first. Too. So there's a couple. There's a couple of things that arise out of that. I want to just ask you about. So mm-hmm. the at one point in this story, I can't I've got it in front of me, but it Cap says, "I never kill." Now, yeah. even as a kid, I remember thinking, or as a teenager, I remember thinking, "What, what about all these German tanks you used to blow up, my friend? Did no one die?" Um, yeah. So that that's directly addressed in the letter. One of the things I did was check the letters columns. Okay. Um, after this to see if, if anyone had mentioned that. It did come up, and that was pretty much the basis for what um, Ed Brubaker did with um, Bucky yeah. in the Winter Soldier storyline. Um, the premise was that that's, was that's what Bucky's real role was. Um, he was the person that did the kind of black ops stuff. 
alongside um, Captain America, which is a massive reinterpretation from the original comics of the 40s. Yeah. Um, in, in the 40s, there was... I don't know if you've seen this. It's on Marvel Unlimited. Um, Captain America d- did kill something <laughs> in a rather brutal fashion. Right. Back in the comics, there's a kind of guy with um, learning disabilities, a, a, a giant man with learning disabilities that, that Captain America basically impales okay. in, a, in a very brutal fashion. It's, it's more like an early Batman comic than anything else. Right. And in terms of the art, in terms of the storyline, in terms of the harshness of the so violence. Is this a Golden Age comic, is it? Or? Yeah, it's a Golden Age comic. Yeah. Um, but that was kind of airbrushed out. And I think, I think, I mean, this is something I wanted to talk about um, specifically. It's because of the comics code authority that, that that's that's why that's that's yeah. there. I'm, I'm guessing the way that it's handled in the letters column is because someone says, "Oh, he must have killed someone going behind enemy lines in World War Two. And what the editor said was, "Well, you know, this is the first time he's intentionally killed someone. People might have been killed by bullets bouncing off a shield." Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know I if I find that overly I, I, convincing. You know, but but the thing, the thing, the thing to me is that I think that's missing the point. Um, of Captain America, and it's missing the point of what those Marvel heroes have become. I mean, I think you can get too hung hung up way too much in the reality of it. This is a fantastical character, Captain America. Even though he was in the army, he he's not a soldier. He's a hero and he's a symbol. Um, and to me, growing up reading Marvel comics, the the absolute rule above everything else was heroes don't kill. And that that that's to me. And like, what are you saying um, that that changed with the what the Dawn of the Punisher type thing? Um, I, th- I, th- I think I think this is something I, w- I want to talk about at, um, after this is I think that I think that's what this issue is directly about. Um, okay. Because the, the Punisher miniseries had come out in January in 1986 as well, and I think that's lost when people go back over, look at 1986 because they just see Watchmen, uh, Dark Knight Returns, um, Born Again, um, the first volume of Mouse. Uh, I think was was published Long then as well. Hunters, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, and miss out for... that. Sorry, I was going to say, for me, this was almost like an answer to that, like you're saying. It was almost yeah. like yeah. it was almost like Captain America saying, I know this is going on right now in the world and this is what people want to read, but it's not me. It was almost yeah. like, you know, he was becoming an anachronism, you know. And, yeah. But he was he was like, this is why I am an anachronism, because I'm not that guy. I'm not like, and then we go to the next issue, obviously, and we'll talk about that in a second. But, but that's what I got when I was reading it. I got it very much of a, this is not yeah. what Captain America should be. Because, I mean, this was after... This was after Frank Miller's Daredevil as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was, man, yeah. And yeah, the, the thing is... It, Frank Miller was doing Dark Knight at that time. I mean, it's a direct reaction to what was going on elsewhere in comics, isn't it? This, that's, it's a direct mm. statement about that, I think. Do you think Do you think Grunwald was doing oh, that, that? Do you think he was sitting there and saying, this yes. is, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, think, I, think he, I think he really, really was. Um, I think that's, that's, that's exactly what this is about. I think it's because if then you look at, I think, Super Patriot... Um, yeah. Is introduced in issue 327, which ironically enough, that's where the the letters regarding issue 321 appear. Oh, okay. Um, and that was very much, I mean, Mark Grimwell said in an interview, um, it's on YouTube, and he talks about basically what, you know, is this idea of well, what if Captain America was more like Rambo? And Rambo had been released, right. Rambo and Commando had both, sorry, Rambo First Blood Part 2 had been released in 1985 along with Commando as well. But you had TV shows like, um, Miami Vice, Magnum PI, the A Team, we're, we're, we're carrying guns is normalised, gun violence is normalised. Now, um, arguably, the A Team was the youngest skewing 
of those TV programs. So people like famously weren't injured, so their cars would get blown up and they get shown coming out of the cars, like kind of yeah. scratching their heads. And people would get shot at, but people just wouldn't get hit. Um, and I suppose it's part of that kind of, you know, like the Star Wars thing about the, the stormtroopers can't hit the side of a barn um, with their blasters. Um, it's that that kind of approach to gun violence. But certainly like things like Magnum PI, which yeah. certainly I watched at 12 years old, um, you know, people did get shot. And people yeah. did run about with machine guns and stuff. I mean, stuff. The, the origins so think, of Magnum PI come from an adult novel called Don't Eat the Snow in Honolulu or something, I think it's called. And uh, that's a very adult book. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the, pilot, the pilot of Magnum PI is um, very different tonally to the, the rest of the I'm a big Magnum PI fan. Yeah. Um, so is the A-Team, though. So is the A-Team. The A-Team pilot episode is totally tonally very different right. than the, the rest of it. Because that's not yeah. even with Dirk Benedict in it. You know, it's okay. a different no, no, it's something else in face. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right, there's there's a couple of other things I want to talk about before we get on to issue two. Now, um, Flag Smasher and, well, they're called Ultimatum is the name of them, isn't it? That's yes. right. Yeah, Ultimatum, okay. Yeah. Now, it, is, it is an acronym, but I cannot... Yeah, it's, it's written down. <laughs> I ain't reading it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the... Okay, so you've got a group who don't believe in the nature of country. So they don't believe in, the, the you know, having a country as a a state or anything like that, which is obviously the foil to what Captain America is. It's an obvious foil, isn't it? Yes. Yes. However, if you take that a step further, there's two other things I notice about this group. It's one, if they, they, they don't believe in borders. So they're traditionally the area of no borders is a left-wing political ideal, right? So mm-hmm. is Captain America the right wing fighting the left wing in this? It's a weird one, isn't it? It's so strange. I think I don't think so, and that that is directly addressed um, in in the next issue. Right. Um, I think it's. I think I, I don't think you could read these two issues and not think about. Oh God, is it issue two hundred and fifty where Cap runs for president, yeah, president yeah. and he doesn't run. He runs as an independent. He doesn't run as a Democrat or a Republican. And there was always this kind of um, debate. I think with a bit of time about whether Captain America, and it, it's, it's referred to by other characters about you know would Captain Democrat would would he be a Republican? And people would talk about who was president. I think it was Truman when Captain America, when Steve Rogers became Captain America in, in the Second World War. Certainly, married into the character is in, um, has been that he is on the side of, like like James has said, a bit, a bit of an anachronism. Um, you know, on the side of decency. Is and this yeah, is a fair, I think you miss. I think you miss. I think you're missing what I'm saying there, man. I think okay. So there's there's a whole different ball game between. Um, so okay. So let's put it this way then. He's it's a nationalistic hero versus yes. a socialistic villain. Uh, again, that, that that's something that directly comes up in the next session. I can see why why you're saying that, but and I, and I think that when even though they look like does, Nazis, and I'm going to move on, I'm going to move this yeah. slightly left, not left. I'm going to move this slightly right for them in a second. But to for someone who doesn't believe in borders, you know, and he is a flag smasher, which is a clearly it's just a very easy trope, yeah. isn't it, to adopt when you're fighting yeah. a man dressed yeah. in a flag? It's a very easy thing to do. Um, but Absolutely. it takes a step further when you discover that the actual offence happens in a church, doesn't it? It's, it's, it yes. kind of looks like a cathedral in a way. Um, yeah, and it's kind of like flag smasher is part of the. It's almost like they're Scientologists in Nazi uniforms. To me, it's a strange it's... one. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is. It is really, it's really strange as well. And I think you can take it further in that. And, and I know that this is this has maybe been done because of the visual side of it. Captain America has the red, white, and blue. He's a very colourful character, and red and blue are certainly, um, you know, the kind of 
dominant colour scheme for comics as well because of the three colour uh, plates and stuff like that. But but it's unusual that you would have um, villains that are purely in black and white, um, yeah. albeit with some blue um, kind of colour tones in there as well, colour shadows in as well. That That is unusual. And I, but that... That 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 to me is because they see the world very much in black and white, and I think and again in issue three two two it comes back to that a little bit of it's not about right and left, it's not about Republican Democrat, it's not about uh, socialist versus capitalist. It's just it's it's Captain America's he's not about politics and he does say that in the same issue. It's not about politics, it's about principles and it's about values. To me, um, reading these issues, why I wanted to talk about it was because it's it's about more than that to me. It's about ethics. Um, and I think it's quite interesting thinking about ethics in, in, in comics, um, which is probably quite ironic given the yeah. comics that you've us produced. I mean, I, mean I, don't, I don't want anyone thinking that this is sort of you know a political polemic. You know, and it's, no, it's no, a no, fun, no, it's no, a no, fun no. comic. You know, it is. And, and when yeah, you look yeah. at them, the the soldiers look like stormtroopers. There's there's definitely yes. that Empire yes, Darth Vader yeah. going on. Is there, you know? um, the other thing, but West Side Berries as well. You love a berry, don't you? I think that- I really do. I tried to buy a berry a few years ago and ended up spending £65 in a multicoloured tweet hat. Oh, you texted me that the other day, yeah. yeah. Laughed at when, she, when she saw it, yeah, yeah, because of Dan's jacket with, or jumper. I don't actually know what that was that he was wearing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so bad. Is there anything else we wanted just to say about the political side of things? Because I want to move on to something, a little theory I've got about it as well. So is there anything you wanted to think about? What about you, James? You, what do you think about it, sort of? Uh, politically, um, oh God, I'm I'm not really sure. I mean, I, I think um, this is probably nothing to do with that, but it it seems very restrained. Like when you're reading it, everything's quite restrained. Yeah. Like even like the bad guys are quite restrained for those kind of bad guys, and I don't know if it's just because of the comics that have come after it. Yeah. But the bad guys, they're they're they, they are very indoctrined in a way. They're very much like you know they're one one track mind. We're just doing this, and this is what we're doing. They're they're not. They don't have much depth. Right. Like. You know the bad guys in there; they don't have much depth at all, really. And I mean, I know they're just henchmen, and you don't normally get depth within henchmen. But yeah. but even when he's going up and having a conversation, they're very much like, you know, the leader is great, the leader is good. You know, what I mean, it's that kind of like, you know, yeah. thing. It's almost like it's a cult, like it's a mind washed cult, which probably goes with the Scientology thing you're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, but, but I mean, politically, I mean, as as Johnny says, a lot of it's addressed in the next issue about captain america but um about his about his political leanings or, or lack thereof but yeah I, yeah I, I couldn't think i couldn't pinpoint anything other than the fact that these guys were just very one-dimensional flag smasher on the other hand is a completely two di- um, three-dimensional sorry character he's really well he's got a lot of depth in him especially in the next issue as you travel in the next issue yeah and there's lots of really interesting moments with him and it's, that's, i actually enjoyed the second issue a lot more than the first issue because okay. the first issue was just I mean, it looked great, and the issue does look great, but I just found it that those kind of comics from the 80s, I found hard work right. to read because they're so of their time. It's quite you know, wordy, they're, they're very, isn't it? It does, it does fall into yeah. wordiness occasionally, yeah. Then, yeah. Like, you've got the monologue going all the way through it, and then you've got his thought bubbles as well like, with the monologue, and then, you know, even the other characters have got thought bubbles and everything like that. It's just... Because obviously thought bubbles aren't really a thing they do in comics anymore. I remember they brought it back a few years ago and they were like, oh my God, there's a thought bubble. I think yeah. Iron, Man, Iron Man had it. Right. Um, but um, but yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's very much, it, it captures a moment in time. 
I think, yeah. uh, this issue, it's... especially with the Comics Code Authority as well. I think that kind of hampered a lot of the Marvel comics at the time, and I think that's why I went more the DC route. Okay. Um, personally, that's completely by the uh, beside the point. Um, but yeah, um, I think it, it hampered. I mean, like, he shoots the guy, and there's no blood or anything, not that you would expect blood, but he totally, like, riddles this guy with bullets yeah. in this issue. And all he does is fall backwards. You know, you don't see the body. You don't see anything like that. You don't, Out a window. you know, it's not yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not like the comics that came later. And again, that's a lot to do with the Captain America being not that kind of comic. If you know what I mean, people didn't read Cam- Captain America for violence. They read the Punisher or they read Batman, the Dark Knight Returns or whatever. They read other things. Yeah. Captain America was always like the symbol of, of, of America. If you know what I mean? And that's, yeah. 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 It was always bread and, it was, um, you know, Bread and potatoes, what they say in the states, and it? it was it was always sort of plain food. You know, we used to read it. It was well written. It was good. It was hopefully quite consistent, certainly for this run, and we used to enjoy it. But we weren't expecting cutting edge from it a lot of the time. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I agree with a lot of what James is saying, but I, I, I disagree with the um, the comics called hampering it. I would I would argue it's the opposite. I would argue that because of that. You had um, you had to have a degree of inventiveness, in particular in the okay. writing, that the hero just couldn't kill people. Like that's the end of the story. They had to come up with another way to uh, to defeat the defeat the villain. Well, I to be fair to the comics code, different... I don't think it ever said you couldn't kill anyone. You know, no, you couldn't kill. It's, it's odd things like yeah. yeah, you couldn't like carry concealed weapons. I think they had basically. I think because Jim Shooter was editor in chief at the time as well, editor in chief um, at the time as well. And I think the famous story around the death of Phoenix is, look, there's got to be consequences. This person's yeah, yeah. murdered right. yeah. billions of people. That ha- she, she has to die because there has to be consequences. And I think it's the same with the, the comics code. Um, I should have looked it up actually beforehand. I looked into a wee bit of the history of the comics code, though, as well, and when Marvel left it. Um, I think this, this period, def- de- definitely 1986 to me, is when the comics called Erosion. Really, yeah, we already really had the, the very symbolic. Was it a couple of moments in Spider Man where they kept it off the cover and they then it wasn't submitted? Issue 96 the to drug, 98, yeah. drug issues, yeah. yeah. Fiction of drugs. And they'd left it off a couple of times here and there. I mean, the Comics Code Authority is, um, it's not in the version I've got because I think I might have the direct market versions of this, but I have seen um, the Comics Code stamp on, must be the newsstand edition. Um, I've, I've, that was one thing I looked at in Google because I was like, right, okay, I just okay. wanted to double check because Marvel was doing two versions of covers at this time, and also the, co- the, the covers I've got, um, it must be the, um, the international edition because it's got um, the pens okay. on it, it's 75 cents, 40 pence certainly, certainly on the Marvel app versions Yes, yeah, yes yeah. Um, I actually I guess I checked in yeah, that as well so, um, Good I, Okay, so I knew we, I knew we'd go long. So here's here's my next theory. My next, let's call it a devil's advocate. Another one. Um, nineteen eighty six has happened, isn't it? So three two one and three two two were the end of the sort of fall winter of nineteen eighty six. Captain America fights a villain. He um, he 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 kind of loses a small part of his maybe honor, maybe identity in what he does yeah. in an issue, and he then comes across someone who wants to take his place. Um, yes. Who who is genuinely a threat to him and can beat him, um, mm-hmm. and that man does take his place and becomes Captain America. Now, right, fast forward um, seven years, exactly the same thing happens to Batman in Nightfall. Yes, I I, I picked up in the same thing, and I would yeah. actually there's another thing as well. So issue three two one and three two two focus on. Um, 
the death of a character, in this case a pretty incidental character, but the death of a character that changes the tone uh, true, of the main actually, character. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, in issue 121 and 122 of Amazing Spider-Man focuses on the death of a character that changes the tone um, of the main character yeah. for, a, for a, a long period of time as well. So um, it's... Aye, it's just... Aye, I really picked up on the Nightfall thing. It's actually quite interesting as well because... Um, the opening to Captain America 321 when the skis really reminds me to the opening of um, oh fuck in uh, the Dark Knight Rises. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, in the, the plane, the, the movie. Yeah. You mean yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And the helicopter scene in 322 really reminds me of Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah, and now the well. other the other link is Mike Carlin. So. Mike Carlin yeah, was the yeah, editor yeah. of this, and he was later an editor at DC during the Death of Superman and that sort of thing. So he would have—I'm not—I can't remember. The I don't think he was the editor at Nightfall, but he was certainly about in the offices at the time. Yeah, you know. yeah, definitely. I think he may have been the Superman group editor. He I was. Think. That's what he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Interesting, interesting parallels. Um, yeah, Can we check know, to see I'm, if he was the editor at Nightfall? Because I've got the book right here. Yeah, go and have a look, man. Yeah, yeah, good shout. Let me see. Yeah, yeah. Let me see. Can you can you hum some? Music. Yeah, doing that. yeah. I'll just imagine. I know, right? a, I'll right? imagine you in a beret yeah, for a couple of seconds. <laughs> Always in a fucking beret. A minute. You love a hat, don't you, James? I do. I do love. I love a fucking. Hat. I'm in my. I'm in my hat all the time, man. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Wait a second, right? So I've got Nightfall Volume One. I just tore the page. That was really stupid of me. Um. So oh, fuck. It doesn't actually tell you. Stop Yeah, I think it was, wasn't it? I think that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um. Fucking... But Car I think Carlin was on the Superman books at the time, Hi. so there was. There, yes, I'm sure. Dennis O'Neill and Scott Peterson in the original series, and Jordan B. Garfinkel as assistant editor in the original series. Okay, yeah, cool. But, but they did do editorial summits around about that time as a precursor to like what what Marvel do now. Yeah, and they call it things, but it's editorial summits. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they 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 definitely did do that at the time because you had the the fucking triangle leader of DC yeah. comics wasn't it oh, was, I quite enjoyed that period I have to say yeah I quite like oh, that no, period yeah 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 right oh, yeah totally moving on let's move on to 321 um, Mr P do you want to give us a little rundown of what happens in that issue aye so 322 so basically Captain Sorry, America yeah. goes after Flag, Flag Smasher and he makes short work of the Ultimatum agents and Cap, uh, Flag Smasher escapes in a helicopter Captain yeah. America jumps on the helicopter and then the helicopter goes down um, and I, 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 I can understand how by modern standards people might think, oh, this artwork's quite primitive. I love it. I think, I think the design work, particularly when the helicopter crash and them falling into the snow, is absolutely stunning. We'll talk about Neri in a minute, but it just does its job, man. That's what it does. It does storytelling, its... The storytelling is phenomenal. Yeah. It's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. I actually thought that, I think the art's phenomenal. I, I really like I, I loved love the it. Art. I love it. I loved it. I loved it. Good. Yeah, 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 definitely. I love him. Um, I'm not too sure if it's Dennis Jank or Dennis Yank, and I have the same problem with pronouncing jogging and jogging. But um, <laughs> I, I, uh, sorry, John Beatty. I love, I love his inks. But Dennis Jank as well, who does uh, inks over near in this one as well. I love his stuff as well. Yeah, there's some great work uh, in it. The the crash strong, into strong the, the mountain, and you know, it's, yeah. it's good. There's a lot of. It's, and it's, it's ones we, I can't remember who we talked about it with the other day, but drawing snow ain't easy, and they pull it off. You know, it works all right. Aye. Yeah, yeah. Aye, it's, it's all about where you. Where, aye, aye, it's use of negative space, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. This this actually helped me a lot as well because this is where I learned that um, 
you can survive in Arctic conditions by pulling your body warmth. I didn't know that until <laughs> right. I Right, let's, let's talk about this, yeah, because they survive by... <laughs> they survive as I now occasionally tater ladies when it's if it's cold, shall we cuddle? That's how they survive, isn't it? They cuddle up together. Yeah, they don't even get naked. What's that about? I was expecting... to See, at one point, because of the previous issue with the dinner with them, I was like, are, are Cap and Flag Smasher about to get naked and just, like, cuddle up together to get through the night? Because it was starting to... <laughs> You know, it was starting to go that way. Yeah. Just saying, like, you know. And he's, still, felt he's, like the, he's not, probably got blue balls from, from old Holly in issue, the last issue, and he's probably, you know, thinking. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but see, that, that to me goes back to what James is saying about anachronism. It's like, how many how many heroes, if, if you read this in a comic now, it is of its time, it's a comic where he goes after a villain for revenge who is forced him to break his ideals and, and arguably his strongest ideals. And he saves his life by by hugging them. I mean, I, I mean, it's just, it's just, and and yeah, it, it's not a tone in the comic at all. It's just like like James said earlier on. You know, it's not particularly like a complicated comic. It's a bit wordy. It's very much of its time. Yeah. But it's just, it's such a well put together comic. It just doesn't. I mean, it's not like you're not like, oh my god, like what's he supposed to be doing? He should, he should be killing this guy, but instead he's hugging him to save his life. Yeah. And then uh, ultimatum show up um, to shoot him, um, flag smasher. Um, there's a lady him smiling saying you know I, I should really repay Captain America I should I order them to spare his life but no that would that would betray a sign of weakness and then at the end um, there's a horrible display of sexism from Captain America um, <laughs> then, then, at the, then at the end there, or, or it's not sexism I don't, I'm not sure what it is maybe just violence against women um, although she was trying to shoot him to be fair um, Flag Smasher has Captain America at his mercy that he could shoot him um, but he lets Captain America live so that they can both survive. Um, and at the last, I really like the last panel um, with the, the Captain America in the narration box. It says, I give the shield to a few choice code words establishing my identity. They'll leave me a flag smasher and his men. <laughs> flag smashers pointing at him in great moustache uh, twirling um, style. You're going to regret saving my life, Captain. I don't know why I'm doing that when he's Swiss. That accent. <laughs> You're going to regret saving my life, Captain. I give you my word on that. Wrong flag smasher. Life is precious, even yours. Yeah, he's still I, no, I just, there's still no redemption. He's still not. There's. You no. feel that it's still not solved. It is he. That's the thing. You know this is going to weigh over him, don't you? Yeah. Instead of an eye for an eye, he's found redemption by saving someone. Has he though? Life. I think he's maybe maybe between him and that man. But I think it, he feels it on his conscience, doesn't he, for issues and issues to come. I think. I think that's the point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Doesn't yeah. this address because because, yeah. the, because there's an investigation into it as well. Yeah. Um, I think the Avengers suspend them. Right. Um, I read about well. 10 ahead, but that was a couple of weeks ago, and I was lost my mind about what happened. But, yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm reading the whole run again. Like, I'm, I'm into the yeah. Ron, Ron Lynn um, stuff. Oh, nice. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, let's, yeah. should we yeah. let's talk about, let's use this break to talk a bit about Paul Neary. Um, born yeah. 1949 in Bournemouth. Uh, he's won five Eagles and one Eisner. Um He's an artist, but also um, almost equally well known these days for um, being the big cheese at Marvel UK for many years. It was, uh, in fact, if you if you Google his name, you come up. There's a great video of a walkthrough at Marvel UK um, back in the early days of sort of Death's Head and Dark Angel, Motormouth and Digitech and all that sort of thing. Um, he started working for Warren in the 70s in on Eerie magazine, and there's um, a nice hardback of Hunter, um, which is from that magazine. Have you ever seen? Have you seen that? Either of you. 
Is, no, no uh, I have, um, I've, I've seen lots of pictures from the time of like them taking yeah. about and people dressed as death head and all that kind of stuff. I've seen lots of that from kind the Marvel UK di- days. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. This, this, uh, but not with that. This hardback is from his his seventies work at Erie, and it's it's amazing. Like really good stuff, and very different. Like really different from this style. Uh, I know he did some stuff for um, House of Hammer as well. It's really yeah. different, much more illustrative, actually. Have you seen any of it, Johnny? Um, I've looked. Um, I just I've not I've not seen the actual comics. Just when I've just when I've googled Paul Neary, he did the um, Black Knight strip as well. Yeah. Um, at Hulk Weekly, um, I think John Stokes. Inked I think you're right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and it's and it's and again, it's good. I think maybe sometimes his figure work looks. Death, but it's not. I just think it's really, really well constructed. Yeah, um, it's weird because if you look at his earlier stuff, it's much more in the realms of Jeffrey Catherine Jones or Barry Windsor Smith's sort of mid period. It's much yeah. more like that. There's, there's, a, there's a whole motif design thing going on in each page. It's very different. This yeah. is much more. He, he became almost the Sal Buscema of uh, the UK for this for me. He just knew how to tell a story. Uh, I... just straightforward. That's such a good shout because he became much more famous for being an inker because he inked yeah. Alan Davis uh, yeah. and uh, he inked Brian Hitch. And just reading an interview with him, there's an interview with him in the uh, the Modern Masters um, series, the one on Alan Davis, and he talks about he's, he's probably best known as an inker simply because his, his page rate as an inker just far surpassed his page rate as a penciler. Really? Okay. And this right. Captain America run pretty much his last regular run as a penciler. Um, and comics, which is which is mind blowing. He did it. He did. He also did the. I thought it was after this. I thought he actually left Captain uh, Captain America to do it. He worked in a mini series, Nick Fury versus Shield. Yeah, so it was a prestige format. Bananas. Yeah, it's great. It's so weird. And that, I love it. It's brilliant. That came out of the sort of peak prestige format. So a couple of years after Dark Knight, when everyone was just buying was, anything that was in prestige format, and it was really good. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked yeah, it. Stranko covers as well. Bob yeah. Harris, I think, wrote it, maybe? Oh, yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, I've got it behind me, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's, yeah. It's, 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 but it's fucking insane. It's absolutely <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. insane, that. Yeah. It's, it's disturbing as well. I had I had the collection of it when I was a teenager, and I was like, fucking hell, it's going to... It's really disturbing. Yeah. It's really, really disturbing. I don't know why. Some of the other uh, stuff he no, did, I, he did, um, uh, he did uh, some Future Shocks, but he also created Madman for Warrior Magazine, yes. which is really good. Um, yeah. He inks yeah. Brian Hitch as well, actually, quite a lot. I know he's quite well known for yeah. Alan Davis, but big, big Brian Hitch inker. Um, and he also he inked Alan Davis on Batman Year Two and Uncanny X Men, and obviously some Captain Britain as well. Um, did yes. some work at Doctor Who magazine, some Cars Are the Savage, um, and he succeeded Bernie J at Marvel UK as the editor in chief there. And I mean, and everyone sort of jokes a bit about that Marvel UK period, and I'm sure we all own like half a long box at least of those issues, but. It sold like fucking nothing else, didn't it? It was sold loads. I love yeah. Marvel UK. Marvel UK was a massive thing, especially being able to just go there. Because, I mean, at the time, I remember you would get the adverts in the back of the comic books. You'd get the American versions you would get. Yeah. And you would have all these comics that you just would never be able to find. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then you would suddenly, that then you'd go down to news agents and you'd find, you know, you know, Death's Head with yeah. um, Doctor Who shrinking him or whatever, all these kind of random stuff. Like, was it the Sleaze Brothers? No, what yeah. was it? The, yeah, I think, it, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, and, 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 and the, you know, you would suddenly be able to get comics. And for me at that age, any comic was a good comic and I'd buy fucking anything. You know what I mean? Because it was just yeah. 2000 AD and that, and that was pretty much... And they, they, I can't remember if Toxic was about that time or not. I can't I remember. So, yeah. Even though we talked about it last time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but it was... Um, but that was it. Like you just bought anything you could, and Marvel UK was a great gateway drug 
It was, um, and it was always full of X-Men and, you know, all these sort of things. Spider-Man would appear in them quite a lot. But it was also, um, they they ran something of a bullpen. So the artists would go in and work in the office. And it it had, um, there was lots of little photo stories that would appear and things. They'd all be online now of them sort of just larking about in the office. I know John Freeman was one of the editors there in the later days. And uh, there is some good stuff came out of it. There really is. Gary Erskine did some great work there. Yeah, there was a really good Excalibur run, I'm sure, Marvel UK did. Yes. I'm sure it was them. They did it, too, and, and the first one is phenomenal. amazing. It's real sort of Green Knight kind of ley lines, and then they they moved on to more of a sort of, they're all in costume kind of thing. But Di Thomas, yeah. who was the police detective in Captain Britain, he becomes quite a big player in it, and I always quite like him as a character, yeah. Yeah, that's a great mm-hmm. series, man, really good, yeah. I think I get the first issue of that, um, and I didn't get any more because it had an Alan Davis cover, but he wasn't an interior. Right, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> yeah. just, you can never tell from the covers like, on those issues. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, um, but no, no, it's a beautiful, beautiful cover. Um, what's it yeah, name? The Austin didn't have. Come on. So. No, I was, was going to say, say that Andy Smith Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I don't know. I have no idea. I, w- I was just going to say that some of the Marvel UK the covers had absolutely nothing to do with what was in the city. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You would literally pick up the cover. Oh, yes, this is going to be. They're going to be fighting, and they're going to be fighting whatever, like Sabretooth or whatever. And then you get an issue, and Sabretooth's not even in there. Yeah. And the issues, like the covers, actually from a completely different X Men issue from whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This, it was a, it was a nice little spawning ground of some work, and I think it 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 was one of those things. It 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 it. It was a bright flame for about five years, and then it just went out, didn't it? I think it sort of yeah. everyone went. Actually, this isn't that good. <laughs> but uh, it hit the right yeah. time, I think, when Image was big as well, didn't it? It was it it, it bloomed off the back of that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny you saying calling it a spawning ground because Paul Neary as well. He didn't just ink Alan Davis and Brian certainly with Alan Davis. I mean, he mentored mm. um, Davis in the early Captain Britons. Um, you know, kind of, because Alan Davis famously drew those first few issues he did with Dave Thorpe and Captain Britain at actual size. He, right, he thought that's that right. yeah. drew at that, yeah. that size, and then he started drawing up. And Paul Neary, I think, was the person that was guiding him on that as well. So I'm not too sure what Paul Paul Neary's role uh, was editorial at that point. Cause, uh, Bernie J would have been the editor. Yeah, uh, he succeeded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Aye, but, but, and I think Des Skin was a big influence in yeah. Paul Needy as well. Well, I think he got him in to do some stuff on Doctor Who Monthly, yes. didn't he? Or as weekly as it yes. was then, I think, at the time, yeah. And obviously um, Hulk Weekly as well. Um, Aye. Well, let's move a bit on I to... Could... Sorry, man, go on. So I was going to say, I attended a really good um, chat thing with Des Skiz, or whatever his name is. That yeah. was really fucking interesting, talking about all the old Hammer stuff. It was just because you mentioned his name, and I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, I remember. It was at the Sci-Fi Weekend, or one of those ones in Wales, oh, where you're okay. there for the weekend. yeah. And and he'd done this massive, big, huge, like, two-hour talk on Marvel UK. It was fucking, it was amazing. It was a really, really good chat, because it was a lot of, like, he was talking about Hulk UK and the Hammer books and all that kind of stuff, and it was all stuff that I loved yeah. when I was a kid. His, um, his blog's great. It's uh, like a biography, autobiography, if you go to his blog. Uh, there's pages and pages of really interesting stuff. Yeah, we we did a bit on it when we did Warrior, and we did a bit on it when we did the Halls of Horror stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, it would be remiss of us not to talk about Grimwald. Um, he... he Born June 1953 and, and sadly passed away August far too early in August 1996. Um, said to be one of the nicest blokes in comics, I think is the the yep. story. Um, a great writer, but also I think equally a great editor. I think is where he sits for me. I don't know about you. What do you think, Mister P? Uh, I, I think aye. So he, he, whenever you hear people talk about him, they usually say he was a great guy, and then they tell about elaborate practical jokes he used to play yeah, that's it, yeah. Um, yeah. and the guy just had a ridiculous work ethic because he was also as well as being a 
pretty much a full-time writer, full-time editor. He also ran a cable TV. Oh, did he? I didn't know that. Oh, okay. <laughs> channel oh. as well. Yeah. Um, and, but I think, I, I, just reading, this is purely my interpretation, I, I, I wonder if he was a good cop to shoot or bad cop. Maybe. Uh, around about that time yeah. as well. And I, um, But he, he did, um, over 10 years in Captain America, 137 consecutive issues. Um, which still might be the longest. I think it's longer than Stanley, isn't it? And I think the third is yes, Steve Englehart was third, I think, who was a long way behind that. Yeah. yeah. Ed Brubaker must be... I don't think... I think Ed Brubaker probably second now, but I think Google's right. still the longest. Okay. But his it's sweet spot to me is between issue 307 and 350. Right. I think it's... And a lot of that's drawn by Aniri. And then You've got the Serpent Keaton. Society in there and all that sort of stuff. It's some I love great stuff, the, yeah. You know, yeah. of the so good. D-Man I've got a soft spot yeah. for um, he also created Crossbone I co-created rather Crossbones um, Flag Smasher, Armadillo, Diamondback um, they had Mike Set covers um, you had Ron Liminart, yeah. Tom Morgan Kevin Dwyer, um, but Paul Needy to me was the one who was the yeah, standout it was, great. It, was, it, was a, it was a great run and it was one you could depend oh. upon every month would be a good comic, continue the story you had little bits of romance in and out, little bits. He'd have a different partner, you know, like D-Man would be his partner for a bit of time. And, you know, we had, yep. the, we had the Nomad thing going on, didn't we, when Nomad went off and did his own thing for a while. Yeah, no, it was really good. The other thing, um, I know we talked about this before, I think it was with you, Johnny, it Was we talked a bit about um, him being a penciler. So I had a little look into it, and he actually did pencil a few issues. Yep. He penciled um, Quest Probe, if anyone remembers that. Uh, sort of, I don't know if it was a sort of <laughs> gaming crossover thing. And he did a, a what if and a team up, a Marvel team up. So, and he did some comic reader covers as well, actually. So, and I think he didn't need to. We talked about this before. Didn't need to like, was it Hawkeye issue one, the miniseries? I've got a feeling it was, yes, wasn't it? it yeah, yeah. We spoke about that when we when we spoke about uh, Quasar because he, right. he did sixty issues in Quasar. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he also he's, he's probably most famous for um, the Squadron Supreme limited series. Yeah, and the story about that. Uh, did you want to tell that one or? Um, about the ashes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. I so after he died, it was in his will that um, is he'd be cremated and his ashes would be mixed with the ink for the first print run in Squadron of the, of the trade, wasn't it? Yeah. Of the trade, I yeah. yeah. Um. I don't think I the first. Yeah, I've got the trade here. Actually. Yeah. Would, yeah. Um, it's quite a thing. There. It's just it's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really really good. Um. I that's so, some that's some kiss level shit right there. It is, isn't it? They put their, <laughs> really, they put really blood is, in yeah. their comic or something, didn't they? That's right. Yeah. 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 They did. Yeah. Yeah. They they have the, the photo opportunities. I've got I've got the big massive tomb of kiss comics. Sorry, to interrupt <laughs> no, you there. Good, and, yeah. and there's pictures there's pictures of them putting their their blood into the like prick fingers into the ink. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Maybe that could be a pledge level on uh, United. Johnny, if you you know, I, th- I genuinely, I genuinely had thought I can't even remember this James when we were doing trying to win at nights when I started to get a bit crazy during my piece <laughs> because I was really, really doing long hours on it. I was like, think we could maybe do some spot range. Think maybe I could use some blood for this. And then I started to figure out if I could use cartridge paper uh, for the early stuff and that, and it just it, it literally it would bleed too much the blood on the on the page. Um, I, I've, I've thought about that in, in horror comics and stuff, but then it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. Don't kill yourself for a, don't kill yourself for a pledge <laughs> yeah, level. Don't, be... I don't, I really... Yeah. yeah. Um, a vial of my blood. That'll be your fucking pledge. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. We're at fifty. Clone me. Get your own Johnny P. <laughs> yeah. Well, are yeah. we going? Are, are you... Other bodily fluids are available. Please. Ah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> just, I just, are, just, 
I just want to bring one thing back that course, we haven't yeah. mentioned, which I think is one of the best things about this whole fucking issue. <laughs> yeah. Is the sound effects wank. There's a sound effect yes. wank oh, in this. right. Yes. I missed that when I was reading it. Oh, Fuck, man. It's amazing. <laughs> what book is you that died when I read uh, three, uh, the second one, three, two, two. Yeah. It's when he's fighting. Uh, it's when the he gets Swag Smasher, and then the, the the helicopter appears, and they're like, oh, oh, I should have known it's not my guys, and they all come in and fucking shoot him and that. And then there's like a wump, and there's a burp, 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 and then there's a a patow, and then a wank. Oh, there is, there Just, is a wank. Yeah, with an H. They've been subtle, but with an H. But yeah, yeah still a wank. Hell. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> love it. Love it. <laughs> I, I know what I'll be putting out with Brilliant. the uh, the post for this episode. There you go. <laughs> it is. I mean, uh, it, it it would be it, it would be quite easy to take the piss out of comics in this period, with the exception of obviously things I watch and stuff like that. I just I think it's this to me. It's not not even just I don't think this is just Grunewald's reaction to um, you know the kind of gun violence stuff that's spoken about. I think this is very much a, a kind of reaction to this is this is our bread and butter. This is solid storytelling. This is high bar stuff, and it's quite yeah. interesting because. Sure, I read somewhere that Goonwall was a big DC fan as a kid. Okay. And a fan of the Schwartz stable of comics. And Neary was a big fan of the Schwartz um, stable of artists. Okay. Uh, like Carmen Infantino, Murphy Anderson, um, Mike Sikowski, Gil Kane, um, as well as some of the Warren guys as well. Um, like Wallywood, Reed Cranston, Frank Frazetta. So it's, it's quite interesting that their influences kind of. I guess must have kind of coalesced there, and 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 very, and I think that's reflecting the type of comics they're putting out, because this would have been produced almost certainly Marvel style as well, and um, so Neri would be yeah. doing a lot of the. You know, There's part, heavy part of me that says this is their bread and butter. The, the the great American art form is the monthly comic, you know, the monthly American comic, superhero yes, comic, absolutely. and Grimwald's going. All right, you can do that in your big stupid prestige formats and your your fucking whatever they're calling them now, graphic novels, but I'm doing it monthly in a comic. You know, I'm showing what can be done. Yeah. There's a bit of that for me as well, I think. Because, I mean, the other thing you notice, like, see if you're looking up the year of 1986 in comics. Like, yeah. if you're looking at, like, because I did do some research, you probably noticed at the start, to make sure. So I got the time right of when yeah. it was coming out, because I wasn't quite sure when it came out. But this book's not mentioned. And that's the, like, it's, it is an important book for yeah. Captain America, but this run that, oh, that's going on at this moment in time, it's not mentioned at all in any of the 1986. And that just shows how much there was going on and how many big fucking books came out this year. Yeah, you've got the yeah, fool of a, you've got the fool of a man who's dressed in a flag. And they play on that on a number of the covers, don't they? You know. Yeah. This is a guy who's giving that... up you know, he's the the great American icon and he gives it up. Yeah. I know it's the second time he's done it. I know we did it before, didn't we? But this is what happens. It's it's a very strong run. And I remember seeing it, you see it coming, don't you, as soon as you see that geezer um the US agent who becomes US agent, you know, practicing yeah. training, you know he's gonna be the challenge. You know it's coming. Yeah. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. It's just funny I mean when you mentioned covers, I mean the, the cover to issue three two one by Mike's eh? Amazing. Yeah. Um, and John Beatty is it's it's unbelievable. I, I think that must be one of the most iconic Captain America covers. Yeah, we did a we did because a, it's so out of, out of We did an episode on covers and this is one of the ones Dan chose out of every cover ever, you know. So Yeah. 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 No, it's if you think of the controversy when Bucky became Captain America years, years later, yeah. and he had the gun and the thing, and there was still a controversy about it then. Yep. And this was like, what, 20 years before it, at least, if not more? Yeah. And yeah. It's, so I, I can't imagine the controversy it would have caused at the time. And it is an amazing cover. The artwork on that cover is phenomenal. Yeah. And it's the look on Cap's face that makes it. Yeah. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? He looks so angry, you know. 
Yeah. Zek yeah. knew a cover, didn't that, he? The, that, the one, the, the Deadlock cover he did is another favourite favorite one of mine from that he did for Captain America. He did some amazing covers, and then for the Master of Kung Fu covers he did as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's quite funny. I mean, it's that is the most 80s cover you would get in a comic. I mean, it, because it's an Uzi as well, I mean, which is the kind of, you know, very much that, that was, kind of yeah. iconic. That was the 80s gun, wasn't it? That was all the 80s films. It was always Uzi's A-Team. It was always Uzi's they all had. It was, yeah. Uzi was like the Uzi 9mm. That was it. That was, that, was the, that was the gun of the bad guy. And then, yeah. <laughs> and uh, for America and the... The yeah, we've even got that that the helmeted shield agent with the you know the eagle on the the top of his motorcycle combat helmet and he's firing one, isn't he? he you know, sort of the gritted teeth in that first issue when you know shield are fighting. Yeah, no, pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, no, I get you. Good. Um, did we want to talk a little bit about um, Zach? Otherwise, did, is there anything else you want to talk about Zach there, guys? Or um, yeah, well, make make Zach did do a um, run. Um, on Captain America as penciler, yeah. and he left to do Secret Wars. Would have been yeah, I'm guessing it's Secret Wars. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I think they did that with a bit of prep time. Although he basically, <laughs> I think, grounded at the ground because he um, asked to redraw entire issues, redraw one of the issues, um, and that's why um, Bob Layton did a couple of filling issues. Oh, okay. On Secret Wars, couldn't keep up. Yeah, I suppose they also had, they had a long eye on it because it's, of the toys as well, didn't they? I suppose they had to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it was a massive, and it was a sales juggernaut as well. Um, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, Secret Wars has, has a huge um, legacy in terms of event comics and how how it's quite funny actually when you look at that period. That, but yeah, that was nineteen eighty. I'm sure, that was nineteen eighty four. Is that yeah. if you look at the the real impact of like those kind of mid eighties in terms of a, a pub from a publishing standpoint, you've got the Watchmen influence in terms of. Um, I suppose quality, but it's things like Secret Wars um, and Crisis that are with the biggest impact in terms of how the big two yeah. comport themselves from a business point of view. I think the thing was, was... were they the first? Sorry, so were they the, were they the first if... event comics? Because I can't really remember event comics before Contest then. Of Champions. Like... Aye, yeah. of Champions was the first. That was the first mini series, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh no, it wasn't. First... It was the Land of Small. Was it the Land of the Superman one? What was it called Land of Krypton or something like that? World of Krypton. Oh right, yeah. And that was the first mini series, but I think Contest. Contest was the first Marvel one, wasn't it? It was the first kind of event, uh, yeah. kind of event series, and then it was um, Secret Wars and Crisis. Yeah, I think, I think come on. For a while, events kind of took over, didn't they? Events kind of took over and kind of ruined comics, especially yeah. Batman. Batman got fucking just like I, I, I got sick of Batman at one point. I don't know if it was the nineties or early two thousands. Um, when it was just event after fucking event after yeah. event, and it took, and if you didn't buy fucking Catwoman. And Robin and fucking Nightwing and Azrael yeah. and fucking whatever you were getting, and, and you had to get Detective Comics, and I was like, I was fucking, I don't have that kind of money, you know. Yeah. I would buy, that, you know. So eventually, I just ended up buying Nightwing, so I didn't give a fuck about the rest of it. You know? Yeah, because that's what Marvel there. and DC are now, James. I mean, DC's just announced a new um, event. Marvel's just a fucking endless. Oh, that, series we of talked movies. about the other day, didn't yeah. we, Johnny? Is the was it this Sword of X thing? It's like twenty three issues. Oh my <laughs> fucking lord. <laughs> You know. It's, it's, it's nonsensical ridiculous. as well. It's yeah, yeah, it's... I mean, it's to the extreme extent, like, where I was like, oh, um, well, remember at one point Black Panther was doing really well, so suddenly you had five Black Panther titles and Black Panther started to stop doing as well, because yeah. you just don't, you know, that, that comics industry has completely destroyed itself by doing shit like yeah, that. Yeah, you're not it wrong, me man. off, because I just don't buy it. I just don't fucking buy it. I just wait till the trade comes out, and by then, you know if they fucked it or not. Yeah. Because, you know, when the issues come out, there's so many of these events, they totally fuck. Like, I think Rain and Hell was the last one that I bought that was just like the the issues and that was like shadow packed and all these other things going you know lobo was in it and shit and the artwork was 
fucking horrendous. <laughs> uh, the colouring was some of the worst colouring ever. And I just got, what the fuck am I buying this for? So, I mean, I mean, I'll still buy, you know, the audition now and then. But for things like that, I'm just like, I'll fucking wait to the end to see it's if it a, looks good. We said it before. It's and a then jump, I'll fucking get the trade. It's a jumping off point. We said it before. It, it just clearly is, yeah. isn't it? You know, sort of. Yeah. But on the, on the, 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 the still on Zek for a moment, he became Sorry. under the, uh, he crept under the door for me as being a guy who did small events within monthly comics. So we got, um, he's obviously, I started with the Shang-Chi stuff with Master Kung Fu stuff was amazing. Then he did Secret Wars. But after that, we got Craven's Last Hunt, 10 Nights of the Beast. Yeah, you know, there was some stuff that just sort of crept in and you thought, ah, oh, okay. It involves Zek in some way. Um, whether it's just yeah. covers or interiors, and it, but it was almost I saw it as an event because he was so, he was, I hate to say a sort of a blue collar burn, but he it was a little bit for me. I just he was so good that I would buy. It's, 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 it's the muscularity yeah. I think in his characters that are I mean so over the top. I think I mean for I don't know. I suspect for some people he's some people might see him as the definitive Captain America artist. Uh, um, some people might see him certainly as the definitive Punisher mm. um, artist. Um, I love I love his um, I love it when he's inked by Bob McLeod, yeah. um, which is in Spider Man. He drew one of my favourite Spider Man issues. I think it's written, written by Peter David. Um, it's inked by Bob McLeod, and um, it's about a wee boy that gets superpowers from his his dad's um, his dad's an inventor makes this machine, and his wee boy gets superpowers off it and accidentally disintegrates his dad, um, and then the wee boy at the end is. It's a tragic end to it, and it's just one of the yeah. best comics I've ever he's, read. He's a real uh, talent, man. I know. He's, he's fantastic. He's, aye, he went, aye, he's really, really He went good. off and did The Damned at Image Comics, which is pretty good, actually. I, I think that's a, that's a good I've series. I've not read that. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Very strong from him. But I think the thing is, he's now one of those guys who just sort of... I know him, Shooter, and Beatty did a bit of a Secret Wars tour, didn't they? Um, mm-hmm. The signing tour. We met him at London Super Comic Con, and uh, absolute fucking gent like genius like yeah. had a picture with dan's book and you know vanguard and all this sort of thing and it was uh it was just we we were so excited we just forgot to record it we just started chatting to him and it was uh a real moment yeah no genuinely a really good guy and if he's if he if he drew a book now i'd be straight on it i've got to tell you yeah oh absolutely and I, I think that's i mean it's the same i've been listening to a lot of um uh roger stern interviews yeah. and of course called 13th dimension is running a series of interviews with steve englehart about the dark detective running okay. uh, batman and it's it's ageism yeah, um, yeah. marvel doesn't they want to employ yeah and mike barron says he can't get he can't he rings up and can't get a job at marvel and he's a great writer as well there's, there's so much it's, it's, it's crazy yeah. it's absolutely crazy i mean i mean stern for me um in terms of 80s i mean burn i suppose from an artist's point of view is arguably the superstar um, yeah. of the 80s Marvel and DC like huge like almost almost Kirby levels are like kind of fame amongst you know kind of comics um, I think Roger Stern's certainly up there as one of the superstar writers yeah. it's, it's bizarre frankly what will happen look at the weird shit Chuck Dixon's writing now <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah. like, like well, so there's no reason for that James <laughs> yeah I know but, but any, anyone that gives him fucking money he will work for he doesn't give a shit yeah, anymore and it's like fuck sake yeah. yeah what was that yeah. He's a great craftsman. He's a very good, very, very good at um, uh, constructing a story, not just not just in terms of plot, but character there's, as well. There's so many uh, of these, right? I mean, why isn't fucking Don McGregor writing a book? Why isn't Doug Mensch writing a book? You know, there's all these people out there who would just who Marvel wouldn't be Marvel if it wasn't for these fuckers. You know, I couldn't agree with you more. I think, um, I mean, one 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 of the 
again, so one of the reasons why I, I chose these two issues was that, to me, um, I've got the Marvel Unlimited app, and it might be showing my age, um, but a lot of the co- most of the comics I read from Marvel Unlimited um, tend to be from the um, the eighties. I find sixties yeah. comics quite hard to quite hard to read because a lot of shite was published. Um, but um, apart from, I mean, I mean, the, the gold standard stuff is Ditko and Lee and Spider Man, and Kirby and Lee um, and Fantastic Four. And there's some great stuff here and there, but those those are two absolute fucking standout um, comics. But there's a lot of shite in the 60s and a lot of stuff in the 70s is quite hard to read as well because they were running out of ideas and they were starting to expand their line. Um, but I think in the 80s, for me, Marvel Comics, um, I think is it that Sean Howe book, Untold Story of Marvel, yeah. really went to shoot her quite a lot in his reign. For me, that's the strongest. strongest I mean, he, was, uh, he had a grip of them. you got to admit it. I know he had his failings, but he had a grip of everyone, didn't he? He knew what he was doing, although he did fancy it's... completely cancelling the Marvel Universe and he did turn down buying DC at a cut price. But, you know, he he he, he was definitely... He's one of the dudes, oh, isn't I, he? I, you know? I, I think he's... I think, uh... I can kind of understand why, but at the same time, he's an absolute demonised figure, and I, th- I think he's he's arguably he and Roy Thomas um, are two of the key figures. Yeah. I think there's an argument to be made, but even more important than Stan Lee in terms of Marvel. The, the, um, the, the, the uh, periods of experimentation under Roy Thomas and the periods of let's sell a comic book under Jim Shooter worked to me. Yeah. You know, they really yeah. did. I think I think I think it's interesting because during so Marvel originally. Um, were distributed through DC Comics yeah. and there was a limit in the number of titles they could produce which is why you had double, so many double headers yeah. like Tales of Suspense um, you know having Iron Man and Captain America and Strange Tales having Nick Fury and Doctor Strange because they weren't allowed to go beyond that cap yeah. um, and then but when Shooter came in there was still like one editor and that's why he expanded the editorial um, kind of chain of command because they were mass producing stuff and it's interesting when James you're talking about you know Basically saying there's too many comics now, there's too much shit. It is it's market saturation. That is that is the market strategy of DC and Marvel. Yeah. It's to take up shelf space. It's litter of the crowd. That that's I mean it's 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 just shite. It's just shite they're putting out to fill up space. Um, I mean I was really disappointed when they sorry, I fucking interrupt you there again, sorry. Oh. On you no, 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 no. On you go, man. No, 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 no. Like I was disappointed with um the recent Blue Beetle series. Okay. I don't know if any's picked up, My but son it reads is, it. um, it's yeah. that it's that kind of thing where it's just like it's just doing it for the sake of doing it. You know what I mean? Like you know, because you had Ted Cord and uh, Jamie Reyes in the same fucking series, and I love the Blue Beetle. So I fucking was first on the fucking yeah straight away picking that shit up, and it was just wasn't very good. They turned Ted Cord into some weird. He just didn't need to be there, and you're like, why the fuck did you bring Ted Cord back? And it's just yeah, it's like you say, it was just comic i remember because at one point when the 52 came out they had to make 50 it was 52 comics a month and that was what that was why it was the 52 so you got some like really good comics that fucking like the dial h for the hero that china myville done was fucking excellent well, and then you had ones, uh, yeah, they, they took a chance yeah, on a few, didn't they there was that's a good thing yeah. yeah frankenstein and agency shield and all this kind of shit and there was some great comics came out but the great comics that came out got completely saturated by the fact there was 12 fucking Batman books. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know yeah. what I mean? So no, nobody has the money. And because the Batman book's an event and you've got to buy every fucking issue, then suddenly you don't have the money to buy these these books that are doing something interesting. And it's fucking infuriating. Yeah. And it's an infuriating as a comic fan because it gets to the stage where you're like, well, what's the fucking point in starting to buy this new series? Because I know it's going to be cancelled by issue 12. 
I mean, like one yeah. of my biggest bugbears. I'm on a, I'm on a horse now. Was <laughs> Rebels? Rebels? I fucking loved Rebels when it came out, yeah. like fucking years ago. That was a continuation and, um, of Legion. That one. Was, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it Brainiac Three or Brainiac? Yeah, I don't remember what yeah. fucking Brainiac was in. Anyway. Good. Uh, and it was fucking incredible. And then it just kind of like pittered out, and the last graphic novel never came out or anything. Like even though you know it just kind of stopped. And you're like, what the fuck was the point in that? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 off. it's quite interesting just you saying that because there used to be the criticism um, before Marvel came along that DC DC Comics it could be like there was no personality to their heroes. Like it was just different costumes. So it could be Aquaman talking to Flash. But you could swap dialogue. Yeah. With which they often did with Batman and Superman, didn't they? Yeah. 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 I would Especially I would argue the same. Happening now with with a few exceptions with 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 Marvel, it's because it, because it's so editorially driven. It's not creatively driven. It's it's business. It's driving it. To me, if I was I don't know if if I was involved in Marvel anyway, I would give these two issues to editors and say, look, read these two comics, understand them, and that's that's how you do a Marvel comic. It's a monthly that, comic. That's that a monthly story. Yeah, it's a monthly comic, yeah. but there's a very there's a very particular um, energy. There's a very yeah. particular chemistry. There's a thing, and you can I mean you can see the hallmark of shooter that is explaining where he's come from. You know, there's always that exposition, and it explains exactly what their motivate their motivation is, kind of what their origin is as well. Within that's got to be stated within the comic, and a good writer builds that in. Like James said as well, there's there's the classic things, classic comic tools which are in there as well: narration boxes, thought bubbles, um, sound effects. That are very specific to comics. It's not a fucking TV series. It's yeah, not exactly. a fucking yeah. not a film. It's not a trade paperback. Yeah, it's proud to be a comic, um, and it's yeah. you know it's it's not even bad. as a two parter. Do you know what I mean? No. You could you could stop after issue one, and it, and it's and it ends in a cliffhanger. You could stop at issue issue one, and it's a complete story still. Yeah, um, it's, I mean, like it's really really well crafted. Yeah, I mean, if you look at like modern comics sorry to be a dick again but like it's all written for six issues because that's the trade or four issues because that trade it's all written towards a trade so you're the, often it's the i got really bad with nightwing one thing because i'm a big nightwing fan uh, and nightwing i think i spoke about this last time and it was yeah. literally just like six issues and it's a trade and then they'll get another fucking writer in who would completely change things <laughs> yeah. and then it would be like a reboot every six to twelve issues yeah. just for a fucking trade and there's nothing yeah. more annoying than being a comic book fan than having just that's all it's working towards. So then, what's the point of buying fucking single comics well, if it's just all going towards a trade in that way? Well, let me ask this question then, and we'll, we'll close off a bit on the the Captain America before we move on. But let me ask this question: the final right. one is, when was the last time you read Captain America? Ed Brubaker. Ed Brubaker. I mean, I've, I've dipped, in, dipped in here and there, and just yeah, right, Ed Brubaker. Okay, James. Uh, me, me, never. Right. I've never read Captain America. Recently, I've got into the Ed Brubaker stuff, but that was because right. I got into Ed Brubaker like through Criminal and fade out yeah. and all that kind of shit and I, and I was like fuck I really need to read that because I remember reading it at the time Captain America was like everyone was going on about how great this fucking book was Yeah. and um, and I think that was from so when I've read that that for me is the best Captain America because it's after the Civil War it's the whole Civil War thing and that's what made Captain America good for me because it made him relevant yeah I think that's yeah me too I did me enjoy that yeah, Captain I think America there's some great moments in that man with Captain America yeah, yeah. some outstanding moments because for me for Captain America grown up it's never been relevant to me in my life because i'm not american i live in scotland you know what i yeah. mean and um so a lot of the values that he upheld weren't things that i really cared about yeah and um so it's always been hard for me to give a flying fuck about captain america he was just the guy that had a comic with falcon you know what i mean for a while you know and uh, 
fuck. And uh, but yeah, but the the Civil War thing actually that's what made me stand up and pay attention to Captain America. Yeah. And uh, the Brubaker run as I went back to read it. That so that was pretty much okay. only Captain America I've ever read apart from these two issues. That's and, the only ones I've read. And outs- okay, well then then a question just for you, Johnny, is outside of this run, what would you recommend people read in a of Captain America? Captain America, um, probably the Engelhart. Uh, Sal Buscema run. Okay, when the, the, the no is that the nomad bit is where he becomes nomad. It's yeah. a nomad bit and it ends up with the oh god, what are they called? It's the one where Richard Nixon kills himself. Oh yeah, the um. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. Yeah, Spoiler. yeah. Um, I uh, oh Secret Empire. That's it. Yep. 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 It's absolutely nuts. And Cap from the fifties comes back as well. So Engelhart takes that because they were still publishing Captain America comics in the fifties, and that they had was to explain it somehow, didn't they? Yeah. Which which is which is brilliant because and that gets brought back again that character in the Rue Baker and Epting run I think I think Steve Epting's artwork actually is a huge part yeah huge selling point of the the I know we've yeah me too Baker I think it's run, great man yeah great. yeah really good brilliant. yeah I'd um personally I'd recommend um the Burn run the early two hundreds oh yes Sterling 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 just Burn, amazing yeah. oh, of course the the vampire oh. stuff the Union Jack stuff the the um what's the geezer who made what, robots the vampire stuff what the what machine the fuck? machine <laughs> So, what so, have I missed out on with Captain America? Vampires? What? Shit. Yeah. It's um. That's issue from five, you know. It's issue two five four. Um, but there's one. My two favorite single issues of Captain America are I think it's issue two four eight. It's um where he defeats Dragon Man by throwing his glove in his eye. <laughs> yeah, I like that issue. Yeah. And yeah. Then he fights machines. That, machines. That that's great. The machine smith stuff's brilliant. That is a yeah. single best issue John Byrne ever drew I swear by it yeah. is art on that issue is and you've got the is it the backdrop the leapers in it briefly as well there's some yeah some really good stuff yeah. for me the, Mr. Mr. Hayes as well that's it, yeah. it's a brilliant yeah. one it's only about 8 issues or something like that yeah it's, it's, not, it's, it's quite sure but I remember thinking fucking I wish he was on this forever I was a huge Byrne mark the other the other one I'd like to point out is um, it's just come out I've just ordered it in an omnibus um, so I'll hope it'll be like the fifth time I own it or something is the Mad Bomb the Kirby stuff um <laughs> Just not fucking mental, but just gorgeous, just incredible stuff. Right. Yeah. So my other favourite issue is issue three hundred and eighteen, which is um, when Captain America fights Blue Streak, and I won't spoil the ending, but it's 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 just such a perfect done in one comic. It's a level of crap, and the ship's brilliant. The printing in that issue is shite. The colour bleeds all over <laughs> all the place, right. but the, the, it's such a solid comic. And and I think it's Dennis Jank that, that inks that one. It's 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 fantastic. It's kind of Captain America driving through America, and he's got his van that changes colour, and he's on his motorbike, yeah. and it's just such a good comic. It's just oh man, it's 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 it's, it's so solid. It's a brilliant. Level what the um, remind me of? I'm, my head's missing what the the reprint volumes, the coloured reprint volumes are called at the moment. Um, epic, what do you say? Collection. Epic collection. Yeah, epic collection. They, have they done an epic collection of this one? I'm not sure. Um, they've done a, they've done a few. I think they did the they've definitely done some of the wrong ones. Done the Streets of Poison stuff, haven't they? Um, I'm trying to think if they've done um, one. I know they've, they're, they're putting out one. I think of the Zek stuff soon, aren't they? I'm not too sure. That's Demetrius Dematius, yeah. um, sorry, um, GM Dematius that that wrote that, which is good, which is great as well. Yeah. That's got Turner of the Century and all that stuff in it. Yeah. And David, David was, oh, David Anthony Craft. Oh, I love. I love Dak. He's yeah, great. Yeah. He's a he's a yeah, dude. Sultan. Sultan, that's brilliant with a Spider-Man cross. Fucking, fucking nuts. David Anthony Craft is one of those dudes. Oh. If you friend him on Facebook, you can talk yeah. to him. And some of the Defender stuff he did with Giffen is really? fucking amazing. I love it so yeah. much. Yeah. Did he do the Defender Slayer ones? Was that? He did what? Uh, sorry. 
Did he do the Devil Slayer issues, or was that Dematius? Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe. I think he did do some Devil Slayer stuff. He did some of the it's, it's Scorpio not, stuff. Not yeah. Yeah, yeah, so he did. Yeah. It's fucking bananas. Yeah, proper bananas. It was him and I mean, he wasn't quite Gerber, but it was certainly up there with mentalness. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Good. Right. Thanks, guys. Let's. Um. We got. Uh, we're going to do our advert, and then we're going to just have a quick chat about what you guys have got coming up. So this week we're going to pause for our sponsor. It's a returning sponsor. So, what kind of nuts do you like? Do you like peanuts? What about walnuts? Perhaps you like hazelnuts. Maybe you like something a little exotic, like a macadamia or a pecan. Maybe you even like a pine nut on your middle-class pizza. Well, Tony can help you. Why not get the book Put Tony's Nuts in Your Mouth? It's available on Kindle, and it's written by Bamisi Tayanita and drawn by Sumagayan Bangladeshi. Available through Amazon. There you go. This is the advert. Fucking brilliant. Uh... Um, okay, so we start with you, James. So you're looking to collect... For a trade, looking to go to Kickstarter maybe later in the year or maybe the start of New Year, what are you going to do? Yeah, saying? yeah. Um, I'm, I'm obviously, I was saying earlier, um, I'm busy with my band and, and uni and work yeah. and stuff. So what's the name now, of yeah, your band uh, for people who don't know? Um, she Burns Red. She Burns Red. Good. We just announced our, we've got our first support tour for a band called Kick and Valentina. We're, they're from LA and we're supporting them in the UK. And me, if gigs are back on it. Oh, point. mate, well, keep me yeah, up because no. that's the only music I listen to post-1981 is your band, I'd like to say. Oh, yeah, superb. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. I love thank your you. Band, oh, yeah, so. definitely. We've got tons of shit. We've got loads of festivals booked for next year, so let's hope they fucking happen. Yeah. Um, uh, let me think. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to put together a trade for City of Lost Souls. Um, uh, fucking, I've just, I've just not had the time to put that together. Uh, as simple as that. And it's also the whole, God, I've got to run another Kickstarter um, to get the printing costs together for it, which is always slightly daunting. But yeah, yeah, yeah so I've got that. Can't be 07 issue two is getting worked on just now. Oh. And oh. Um, I've got. About three or four comics in the works, but they've been in the works for quite some time, and and just um, I'm just my, you know my artists are are taking their time doing them, and I don't really mind because that means I don't have to make a Kickstarter to <laughs> yeah, uh, then bring it out. But yeah, yeah, I've got like um, Mean Motherfucker and uh, Blitzkrieg eighteen, and I've started to work on City Lost Souls issue seven, and I've also working on another couple of I've got like a, a trilogy of witch books okay. that I want to do like comics and good. I think the forest, the tear in those forsaken there is kind of like the first one. So I've got another couple of ones um, of, of kind of witchy things. Um, Dan Charnley's great, man. I love watching Dan Charnley's drawings. Oh, fuck, yeah. Dan. Have you seen the work he's been putting out lately? The Where red and black stuff, the real, yeah, really strong. Fucking yeah. hell. Fucking hell. Pardon my language, but shit on a brick. Yeah, he's really good. It's fucking incredible. And he's the I funniest mean, like, fucking geezer as well. He makes me chuckle. Yeah. Yeah. He's a fucking great guy. Yeah. I mean, because he done, he's done pretty much all the artwork for my band so far. Oh, is he? Oh, nice. Okay. I'm, yeah, he's done like the EP cover and he's done like one of our T-shirts and, he, and the, some of that artwork he's done is going to be on the 7-inch single, which we're going to be releasing next year as well. Oh, nice. Um, we're just going to be shooting a video for that in the next couple of weeks, which is why I've not done the Kickstarter. That's going to be my excuse now. It's because we're trying to get this video organized in the time of COVID where you can't fucking meet up with people. Yeah. Um, but try to shit a video for stuff. But yeah, no. So I'm busy, and I'm doing I'm doing screenplays now as well. Oh nice. Because um, I'm not busy enough um, for a company in Germany. Um, so let the, I don't know if anything will ever happen with them. Um, I went down to Bristol to meet Toby Jepson, who was in Little Angels, and we we're working on a thing together. Oh right, nice. Um, for them, um, set in Bristol in the late 1700s, early 1800s. Oh wow. Um, and yeah, so that 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 that's happening just now as well. And and I, I also wrote a thing about like us black comedy 
script for them as well. So we'll, we'll see what happens with them. But, you know, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, I don't really care because I, I was fun to write anyway and I'll just make a comic of the fucking thing. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? No, so, yeah, yeah. I'll, have, yeah. I'll have to change it. I mean, it's weird. It's weird getting in that headspace though because I don't write. I'm not one of these guys that writes screenplays and puts it in a comic. Yeah. Like, I'm not one of those fuckers. I, I, I love comics and I've loved to write comics and I had no intention of ever writing a screenplay until I was approached by people about writing a screenplay and then I thought that might be a decent way to make some money. Um, so <laughs> That's and, good, and man. That's really exciting. I saw on, um, I saw on yeah. Facebook you've been to Bristol and I did wonder what that was about. Yeah, how nice. Oh, brilliant stuff. Yeah. Good old good fun. Mr. P, what you got? So, countdown. So, people will hear this. You'll have, um, in three days, your Kickstarter will be live. Is right? And you can sign up at the yeah. moment for the pre-email thing. That's right, but you're a bastard doing that advert again. You know that fucking cracks me up. <laughs> I don't know why I find it so funny. That Tony's nuts thing, man. Honestly. Well, the thing is, me, I'd written it. The last time I'd written it out as an advert for the, when we were going to do this pod before, and oh, then right. I had to change it a bit because we just me and you ended up doing something, didn't we, Mister P? And then oh, I thought, it's... oh fuck it, I'm just going to use that advert now. So yeah, I like that advert. Yeah, yeah. I know, but I mean, this I am actually cracked crying with laughing again I missed yeah. 90% of what James said because I had to put the mic down man I, I don't know why <laughs> just tickle, so funny. just tickled you yeah 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 so what so come on yeah, then so no, no. it's um, um I, fingernail biting time now isn't it it's that sort of period and, I mean I had the I had the um, print copy sent through looks from great. Rich yeah. down at Comic Print UK. it looks fucking amazing mm. it's, it's a beautiful book um, really, really proud of it. It's, it's, it's turned out absolutely beautiful. That hardback it's, treatment, it's, it does do it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it is proper deluxe hardback. Gav's done a fucking beautiful job in the design. Yeah. It's A4, it's 220 pages, so it's a beast. It's um, and it's you know for for its size and all the stuff that's in it and and the folks that have done pinups, Chris Giruso, um Greg Shego, Ian Laurie, James Kirkcorin, um Jim Stewart. Um, my friend Helen that's never done comics before Helen and you which she's done oh, nice. <laughs> really funny oh, cool. um, there's, there's um, some uh, there's a text feature in there by um, <laughs> George McDonald Good old George McDonald that young uh, whippersnapper super, super fan super fan yeah, yeah I think he emails you quite a lot as yeah, well he's a pervert Tony. he's a proper uh, pervert yeah it's <laughs> strange and then there's a quite a long interview about process between me Chris Russo and, and Greg Shego. And it's it's just really nice actually seeing the, um, the kind of change in art um, through it, like you know, and me me getting better, and and it's quite interesting. We spoke about it before, like I can see a clear transition, but I was a wee bit nervous about oh, the other stuff's gonna look shit. Nah, actually, it's, it's, it's good it and up, it's man. solid as well. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a fun comic, yeah. um, and, and and I suppose it, it's it's kind of, hi, I mean it's it's like a Marvel UK comic, but with that kind of vertical. Um, that's a good description uh, actually yeah no I get that yeah completely uh, yeah yeah. it's got that yeah. knowingness about so, it but it's uh, it's got that bombast about it a, yeah yeah. it's stunning so what I might do is on Twitter or and uh, Facebook is put up a wee video just looking through the book um, it's uh, it's it's beautiful I'm really really proud of it uh, the Kickstarter I'm nervous about um, the Kickstarter goal is going to be um, two grand to cover all the costs of production and the, the book is £20 Um the thing I'm a bit worried about is 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 the cost of shipping to the US, which is insane just now. Yeah. But I've, I've Ask him, give uh, Jim Stalin a ring; he'll run, give you a rundown on how to su- Aye, super overcharge. Yeah, seventy four dollars. Sixty four, sixty four dollars. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I sent an email. So the the I, I asked why so much on the comments page on the Kickstarter, and someone emails you back to explain why, and it, none of it includes who's sending it or the carrier or anything like that. It just says this is a very heavy book. It weighs this much, and I'm thinking. So I emailed them back again and said, "Can you point me towards the pricings, the costings, then who with the carrier you're going with? You know, so you can you, you yeah, fully so... explain to me why it costs so much and." Um, uh, Jim Starlin isn't answering any of his direct messages at the moment, apparently. There's, if you look at the comments section on that Kickstarter, it's just non-stop. Why have I just been asked for $64? Yeah. Right. yeah. So so the shipping, the shipping for the United is, to go to the US, is £20. Um, it's 25 through Royal Mail and DHL, DHL rather, right. have a deal. It's what it's 19 um, I can't remember how much the capacity book mailers were. Right. I think they, they work at 40 p.m. So it is, it is, the shipping is exactly right. Um, but but it's just what what I'm going to try and do is if, if, is try and sweeten it with. I mean, if I could, my print runs 250. If I could, if I could do it in a manageable way, because people are paying extra, like you know, it's four pound to ship it within the UK, um, twenty quid to the states, and I, I would do a sketch for every person that bought it. Yeah. Um, obviously, that gets hard. Mate, that if... takes forever. Yeah, wait till you're a success, <laughs> and then that'll be a pain in your ass. Well, no, I mean, those A4 commissions I've been doing take a few hours. I wouldn't call them a sketch. That's just a full one illustration. Yeah. I really enjoy, really enjoyed doing them. Yeah, um, I've told people if if anyone else gets the uh, Master of Kung Fu, I'm going to cut them. Yeah. Ha <laughs> 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 oh. Aye, aye. It's it's funny because it's I don't understand the algorithm for Twitter because I did a Batman and Hawkman one. Right. But I did the drawing. I was like, God, that's got a right good uh, kind of fucking seventies DC comic. I could be a splash page. That's and you know me, I always slag off one. Like, that's fucking good. I had about two likes. And I was like, this makes no sense because this <laughs> thing that about that literally my son coloured it is <laughs> more is more likes. You can likes, never tell, can you? You never tell. It's, it's strange. So I have no idea how the Kickstarter will go. Um, but but the, the main thing for and it's the same with Transylvanian Nights. The reason why I do comics is to get better. It's to improve my craft. Yeah. And you know I've got a copy of the book. I absolutely love it. You know I know that whoever reads this book, whoever sees it, will be impressed by it and will, will enjoy it. It's good fun comics. Um, and and you know if it doesn't make its Kickstarter goal, it doesn't make the, it's it's not the end of the world because the the point of it was to improve the level of craft. Good. Um, so that's that's the job. Good stuff, man. But, but I mean, I really, I really hope. It no, I said it before, mate. I don't know any artist who works so hard at improving by learning from people who work before them as you do. I've got to tell you, yeah, I know it's a strange thing to say, but you were always talking about different oh, artists, nice. and you're always looking at, you're always messaging me, have you seen this? And you know, yeah, good stuff, man. No, no, it's a pleasure. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm looking forward to having the hard copy in my hands. Who were? Uh, um, good. <laughs> so where can we? Uh, so James, where can people find you online? Uh, all my books are on Comic House. Uh, my band's website is sheburnsred.com and my website is grandmasterwick.com. And Sheburnsred are on Spotify as well, aren't they? Yeah, we are on Spotify. Please play the shit out of us on Spotify because that helps us get better gigs, apparently. Oh, so, does it? That's where I play it, actually. Go. That's where I listen to yeah. it, even though I've got the oh, CD. Good, yeah, good, yeah, good, good stuff. And Johnny, where can we find you? And, where, and have you got an address for the Kickstarter yet you can put out? Or? Yeah, yeah. I'm just about to... Sorry, I'm just opening up just now because my computer decided to die. Uh, bear with me no a worries. second. Good. Just, okay. Uh, if it's anything like my computer, it? we'll be waiting an hour and a half. My <laughs> yeah. fucking no, mine's, mine's not bad. I've got a... Fucking is your fine bastard. Sorry. It's <laughs> just saying it's my password and it is my password. Don't fuck me about it. Yeah, it fucking is. All right, it is. Yeah, okay, come on. 
Um, Put it together. <laughs> Come on, what are you doing? You're a professional. I'm really going to fucking lose my temper here in a minute. Um, I like the way James, you apologise for swearing at the end of the podcast. <laughs> Pardon my language. After an hour and a half of absolute filth. I mean, you know as well as I do, we don't care about that. Yeah, that's the idea. Right. Yeah. I know, but it's, it's that weird politeness thing in me that just needs to, to go, fuck, wait, ah, shit, fuck, sorry, yeah, fuck, you know. We need another convention, don't we? We definitely need Edinburgh again or something. Yeah, I'm missing all that. Aye, we need... Yeah. Fuck yeah, we need somewhere to hang out and just see people. You need somewhere to see people again yeah. and not be scared of them. You, you, know, you me, and Al Henderson need to sit at the back of the, the Edinburgh Comic Convention Awards and just slag everyone off. That's what, that's oh, what I missed. That was so fucking funny. That was so fucking <laughs> funny that day, man. So, what the fuck is this shit? Was that, cause I, was that the year I won? I can't I remember because the year I won, I sat in the back and like just fucking ripped the shit out of everything. And then I won and I was really embarrassed to go up and go like, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, fuck, I thought I was going to lose this shit. And no, then, that, yeah. was, that was the year before because the, the time we all met at Edinburgh was uh, we'd put ourselves in for Transylvanian Nights and I'm the kiss of death in anything because I never get nominated for anything. I'm the most most hated man in, in UK comics. Yes, I don't think so. And, uh, and I, that was, oh God, I was never there killing myself in that con because I think I sold literally one comic and I couldn't even cover my, <laughs> my train fare. Never mind the conference course. I was like, ah, fuck this. I'm never doing comics again. <laughs> and then two years later, fucking a book that I've done. So, um, aye, so the Kickstarter for this is... Yep. Um, Kickstarter.com Projects United um, slash the United. Welcome to the shit show. Good stuff. And where can we find you on social media, man? On social media, um, the best place to look for me probably is um, on Instagram. It's Cannon Hill, all one word, underscore comics. Um, and I, I put stuff up pretty regular in there. Um, so Twitter, just, yeah. Twitter's Twitter, isn't it? Yeah, it's a thing. Good stuff, guys. We shall continue chatting in a second, but for the moment, I'll say goodbye and, um, yeah. See you soon. Take care.